0: Well, good evening, Grace Church. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are so glad to see everyone here on campus this evening. Those joining us on Facebook Live and live stream, we're so thankful that you've chosen to be with us. We know that the service is going to be a blessing to you. Amen? Amen. Let's all stand together. I want to just open the service this evening with prayer, ask God for his anointing and his sanction on everything that's done here tonight, and then uh, that we would just be in one mind and one accord and ready for what he has for us. Amen. So let's do that together. Would you lift your voice, lift your hands. Jesus, we enter into your gates with thanksgiving. We enter into your courts with praise. We are thankful, Lord, that you have brought us safe this far. Lord, I thank you that, our, that your hand is in our hand. You're directing our steps. You're guiding us, Lord. And so tonight, Lord, we open this service with thanksgiving, with praise. And I pray, Lord, that you would anoint us, Lord, open our minds and our hearts to your word, anoint everything that's done on on campus, all over the campus tonight, Lord, anoint your word to our hearts and our minds, let us leave changed and ready to make an impact in the kingdom. Everybody say, in Jesus' name, clap your hands to the Lord before you're seated. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated. I'm so excited and thankful for what God is doing around here. How about you? We are just seeing some marvelous things and it's the best is yet to come. I believe that. I believe that. Let me talk to you for just a couple of moments about our uh, about our announcements, our service schedule upcoming. Some very important information I want to share with you so lend me your ear if you don't mind. Of course Saturday at 9 o'clock in the Alexander Center is men's prayer and I mentioned Sunday. I want to also uh, say that it is also young men 's prayer we 'd like to have our young men join us uh, talk to them about that in youth service uh, just a couple of weeks ago and i 'm saying that in this forum because their parents and grandparents may be here in the sound of my voice and then of course service is sunday as uh, as scheduled as always ten o'clock sunday school eleven o'clock worship service from there I want to talk to you about our service schedule next week so this is where it gets, uh, gets a little tricky, but if you stay with me, we'll all be on the same page. Next Tuesday night is First Tuesday Prayer right here in the sanctuary at 7.30. And I want, we, of course, want you to bring your family. We want you to come and be prepared to pray at 7.30 in the sanctuary. So that's next Tuesday night. Next Wednesday night, everybody say a week from tonight. Service will be dismissed next Wednesday night. The reason is is because we're having a special service Thursday night. Everybody say next Thursday. Next so that is Thursday, February the 3rd. Not tomorrow night, but the next Thursday night. That's our Kids Crusade that we've been promoting. And uh, mark your calendars, it does start at 7.30. I was looking over the, the information, the announcements, and I'm not sure if we've said that over the pulpit or not. Maybe we have, but you'll see it on the screen there. at 7.30 right here on campus. Kids Crusade, Holy Ghost Crusade for our kids. We want everybody to come out and support this. Um, uh, Whether you have kids at Grace Church or not, we want you to come, help us worship, help us pray with them in the altars. And uh, as I've mentioned before, this is the uh, United Pentecostal Church International headquarters in St. Louis. We've been chosen to host the regional rally for our area. They're doing this all over the nation. So it's quite an honor. Uh, to get to be able to do this, to be the host church, and we want to support it big. We want to we just have a great turnout and have our, most importantly, have our kids blessed, have our kids filled up with the Holy Ghost, refilled with the Holy Ghost, and our special speaker will be Brother Steve Cannon, who is the uh, National Kids Ministry Director, also Brother Daniel Gums, special speaker. We're going to be blessed. We're going to have church, and we're going to see a move of God. So if you're excited about it, if you got it, say amen amen awesome one last thing i want you to make a note of probably applies to a very select portion of our church but sunday february the 13th is baby dedication sunday so if that is you if you have a baby that you would like to have dedicated in that service now is the time to get your information to the church office we certainly want you to be a part of that and uh always a very beautiful time always a very beautiful service Amen. Well, I'm excited again. As I said, I'm excited about what God is doing all through our church, all across the various aspects of Grace Church. Tonight's going to be no exception. So as pastor comes to the pulpit, I'm asking you to clap your hands one more time and just talk to Jesus. Tell him how thankful you are for his presence. God bless you.
1: Great to see everybody tonight. Thank you so much for coming. And uh, I've been looking forward to this service and uh, to see um, just see what God has in store for tonight thank you brother Dave for leading the service and uh, running us through our service schedule and what have you uh, do make a point to uh, remember these things and please plan to be back uh, for our midweek next week on Thursday night I'm asking everybody in the church to come and say well that's kids and I don't have nothing to do with me if you don't think our kids has anything to do with you, you need to uh, have your good prayer meeting or talk to somebody or something. Um, we, we, we need to give all of our kids, everybody's kids, as much opportunity and prayer and support as we possibly can. And everybody said amen. Thank the Lord. Now I have a really cool announcement. Y'all need to really listen. It's gonna be special. Um, I mentioned Sunday that uh Bryson Storns told me that his brother Braylon drank a Dr. Pepper before church last Sunday to make sure he had plenty of energy to run the aisles Bryson didn't tell the whole story he uh found out that Braylon apparently loves Dr. Pepper and he gave that up for his 21 days of sacrifice and uh he broke his fast with one Sunday morning and Fallon clarified that I don't let my kids drink soft drinks for breakfast, but on that last Sunday, I made an exception. I was so inspired by Braylon's worship. He's, I think he's doing amazing, uh, spends time in the altar, um, just been very, very thankful, very, very impressed with uh, his development spiritually, talking to God, what have you. And um, I said in a little bit of jest, but a whole lot of seriousness last Sunday that I was thinking about doing this. Well, I I pulled the trigger. You all listen very carefully. When you leave Sunday morning, we're going to give you a small can, and you can choose between Coke, Diet Coke, Dr. Pepper, and Sprite. We're going to give you one when you leave, but you cannot drink it until the following Sunday morning on your way to church. We're going to have some aisle running going on in this church. next. That's right. That's right. Honoring you, buddy. Honoring you. I think that's amazing. And uh, that's this is going to be something that we're not going to forget. And I believe that Braylon has set a precedent. I'm not expecting everybody to run the aisles, every little thing that happens. But sometimes the Holy Ghost moves. And some of our men have done it. Some of our women have done it. You just can't stay in your seat anymore. And I want to encourage people to be willing to vacate your seat when it comes to true worship of God. If you're doing it to attract attention, stay put. But if you want to worship and let the Lord have his way, it's biblical. It is absolutely biblical. It's biblical to jump up and down, to run, to dance. To, uh, we clap, we raise our hands. It don't have to stop with just a hand clap and a hand raise and that kind of thing. Uh, God wants you to put your whole being into worship. And this is a great way to do it and uh, so we're we he set a precedent and um, we just love good good healthy biblical based worship in this church and uh, if passing out these cold drinks next Sunday works y'all may be caffeine addicts before this is over with but we're gonna have a time at Grace Church absolutely I love our environment I love our atmosphere I love our culture it's been a long way a long time coming and a lot of hard work, but God's moving, he's opened the door to the windows of heaven, and I'm thankful for that. Let's give the Lord some praise tonight. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank the Lord. I'm gonna read some verses here in a moment, but I wanna to talk to you tonight. I, I've, I've been on a teaching track for the past several Wednesday nights, and uh, decided to break away from that for tonight. I know we have our, uh, uh, our, our Kids Crusade next week on Thursday night, and uh, we'll see what happens on the Wednesday nights after that but for tonight I wanted to after the past couple of Sundays I felt like I needed to bring to you something on Wednesday night uh, vision wise that I would like for you to give some consideration it's very simple but it's uh, a path that I would like for us to uh, consider tonight and I just simply want to call this the next step what do we do from here where do we go from here. I think we would all agree tonight that we all live in a very busy world at times it seems as if our lives are, are spinning out of control however as we are learning right now it is in these times that I have to remind myself that Jesus is preparing a wonderful future for myself for my family and we must remain focused on that future on the future he's providing not the one that our government's trying to dictate and not the one that our culture's trying to dictate and all that if we will stay focused if we will keep our focus I believe that God has a wonderful future and this is biblical the Bible said that God don't think negative things about us he thinks great things about us so that we can have a great end the Bible teaches that And the same is true for all of us here tonight. I believe that for those who want it and those who are willing to live it, I believe there is a wonderful, godly future for you and your family. And everybody said amen. Amen. But living in a world that's pulling us in a thousand different directions makes us stay, it makes staying focused no easy task. As we've learned over the past couple of years, it's been a challenge to stay spiritually kingdom-focused. It has been. It's been very challenging. There's that C word that's captivated us and, and still is. But living in a world that's pulling us in a different hundred different directions makes staying focused no easy thing. But keeping focused on Jesus and the work of His kingdom requires... That we lay aside many worthless things and set our mind on a few important things. If we'll do this, it's the next step. If we'll do it, we will see God continue to work in our church, in our families, and in our own lives. The Apostle Paul in the book of Romans laid out his future plans to the church. Yes, he did. He had already given a great exposition of the gospel in the preceding chapters. I'm going to read chapter 15, but the ones preceding that. Um, he, he gave a, a, a wonderful presentation. And toward the end of the book, he, de- he details how he will attempt to do these things in the future. In Romans 15, verse 41, he said, "I And I myself also am persuaded of you, my brethren, that you also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge. Able also to admonish one another. I believe that's a whole lot of Grace Church right here. I do. I've been persuaded by you folks. It's been by this bunch that I've been persuaded that you all are full of goodness. Filled with all knowledge. Able to admonish one another. To literally rebuke one another. To encourage one another. Inspire one another. Nevertheless, brethren, I have written the more boldly unto you in some sort as putting you in mind because of the grace that is given to me of God. He said that I should be the minister. Everybody say the minister. That I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles. Paul believed that God had called him to preach to the Gentiles. Ministering the gospel of God and offering up of the Gentiles might be acceptable, being sanctified or set apart by the holy ghost. I have therefore whereof I have therefore whereof I may glory through Jesus Christ in those things which pertain to God. For I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ hath not wrought by me to make the gentiles obedient by word and deed. Through mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and round about unto Illyricium, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. Yea, so I have strived to preach the gospel not where Christ was named, lest I should build upon another man's foundation. But as it is written, to whom he was not spoken of, they shall see. And they, shall, uh, and they that have not heard shall understand. I believe tonight in following Paul's example. He said he was a minister. He was a minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles. There was not a more lost, unchurched, unchristian people, if that's a word. There was nobody further away from God in the Jewish mind, than Gentiles. To the Gentiles, they were heathens. Uh, They they had no belief in God. They had never heard of God. They had no clue what godly things were all about. And so Paul made it his first focus, his first priority, even over the Jewish people. He said, God has called me to reach the Gentile people. His first focus were these heathenistic, godless, awful, virtually irredeemable, deplorable people. In our current culture today, in all due respect, we would just simply call these people the lost I'm not much one for labels I don't appreciate being labeled most people do not appreciate being labeled but I don't know what else to call it there's people among us tonight that just don't know Jesus they just don't and when I was a kid when you thought about lost people you thought about adult people I did I didn't really look at children and young teenagers as being lost when I was a teenager and a young adult but now we're learning in our culture that there's 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 year old kids that can sin as much or more than any adult can that needs to speak to us tonight I see our youth group here tonight a lot of them are spattered all over the building Helping wherever. But take these kids here. They probably know more about sinning. They can probably educate me on some stuff about sinning. We've Our culture has reached that point. I've read of 10 and 11-year-old kids uh, having sexual relationships with one another. We've reached that point. So when you consider the Lost Grace Church, it's not just old, crusty old people that's lived a horrible lifestyle. Well, they've been a drunkard all of their life. There's 10-year-olds that can compete with that now as far as the level of sin goes. Now, I believe something needs to rise to the surface here at Grace Church, that we have a care and a concern for lost people, especially in the culture we're living in now. If people have ever needed God, ever, they need God now. Hallelujah. Yes, they do. So after having written a glowing explanation of the gospel to the church at Rome, Paul comes to the end of it and seeks to bring the Roman church, to bring their mind back into focus when it comes to lost people. The Romans were constantly looking for knowledge. But Paul is trying to remind them that their knowledge of God is given to them so that they will be equipped to reach lost people around them. That is the point. So I'll have all of us notice tonight and I'll introduce this thought to you tonight. In this portion of Scripture... Paul calls himself two things, the first of which is a minister. Everybody say minister. There are several words used in the scripture that translate into minister or servant. But in this case, Paul uses a word from from which we get the word liturgy. It's very popular in some religious circles more so than here. Paul was not calling himself just any kind of servant. But under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, he used a specific word that relates to the idea of a minister serving in sacred duties. Another way of putting it, it's a person who works in the service of the temple. It is a sacred or a set-apart honorable holy servant. In reality... Paul is calling himself a priest. A priest is someone, listen to Pastor right now, a priest is someone who mediates between God and His people. That's the role and function of a priest. It is a burden that they carry in their strict accountability to biblical priesthood. Most of us are uncomfortable with the term priest. We conjure up images of men in the Old Testament having to wear certain kind of clothes and offering animal sacrifices and so on. Or we think of the modern day priest with his black clothing and a a white collar. This is not, however, an accurate picture of a New Testament priest in which we are. We must realize that the priesthood was not done away with at Calvary as some of the Old Testament law of Moses was. It wasn't done away with but it was transformed. It went further than just one or two men or 50 or 100 men later in the Old Testament that walked around with that title and they were given a lot of honor honor and, and what have you. The Bible said, Peter said it clearly. And after preparing for this Bible study tonight, I'm reading this verse in a different light than I ever have. We all know it. We've all heard it a thousand times. But in 1 Peter 2 and 9, Peter said, You're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. We have all been called to that office of priest. Why? So that we could be a mediator between God and all the people that we know that are lost. God's not asking you, and I'll say this in all due respect. You know me. I'm being being very respectful here. God's not asking you to go buy a black robe and get a little white collar right here. That's not what I'm saying. What God is asking us to do is when we pray is to spend a healthy portion of time in prayer on our face before God and pray for the people that we know that are lost. And I believe tonight with all of my heart if we would do that even more than we do it now that our needs would be taken care of without even asking. Paul uh, Paul draws most of this passage from the book of Exodus and then Romans 15 that I just read where God declares His desire that all people be priests and not just the Levites. The Hebrew people were to be priest. When Paul said, "I'm a minister," he's, he's appealing to the whole Jewish nation. He's, he's, he's appealing to the Jewish converts, if you will, the, the day of Pentecost people to narrative and even more. He's appealing to these people, that we have, a, we have a role to serve here. We have a purpose to serve here. It's been interesting at the last number of times, that Sister Murphy and I have met with people or i met with them alone. A backslider comes up in the conversation. It's happened just this week. Uh, somebody that I work with pastored this and this and this and this. I believe this is God's way. May I use the word subtle. Maybe it's that still small voice. However you want to frame it but I believe God is speaking to Grace Church right now and I'm hearing it out of your mouth on more than one occasion I can't help myself I was here at the church today and yesterday praying and I find myself calling the names of people that I know that used to sit beside me in church and and other people that used to sit in this church but they don't anymore they're out there and they're lost somewhere God's calling us to be ministers on what level? I'm glad you asked He's asking us to be a mediator to go somebody go to God on their behalf. and It's interesting to me that he's teaching the church at Rome this. They're Gentiles. But he's trying to impart to them the burden of his heart as a Jewish man. A man born a Jew. But I'm, li- I'm, I'm literally forsaking my own people. They're in good hands with Peter and all those guys. But I'm going to come and tell you about Jesus. And then what I want you to do in turn is, is walk after my example. You be a minister too. We are to proclaim and glorify God's name among all the nations. I'll, I'll say this in passing. Just over the past several weeks and months, Sister, Sister Murph will tell you that it's true. I'm having backslidden people reach out to me. They're, they're, they're texting me. There's people I ain't heard from in a long, long time. What's God saying here, folks? Is anybody hearing it? Is anybody is anybody listening here? Is God trying to do something? If the church will rise to the occasion and get on a board and get on board with where God is and what God is doing, I'd love to pack these people out, that this building out, but that's not the point. I just don't want a full building to have a full building. That represents people. It represents souls. It represents people hungry for God. It represents people that wants to go to heaven. It represents people that want to be right with God. Is anybody hearing me tonight? We're called to be ministers. Bottom line, Jesus put this concept of proclaiming New Testament priest in some very beautiful terms that we're all familiar with. He said, we're the salt of the earth. We're the light of the world. We're the fishers of men. It's our role. We're the in-between person. You want to be Christ-like? It goes far beyond holiness. It's a mediator between God and man. The sacred servant, you, are not to just be confined to one place that God desires that you go out of the building and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. He, he's not just, we're, we're, we're not just captive here. We learn here what to do and then we leave the building and go do it. That's the point. Most of us, look, I know this area I was born and raised here. (laughs) I know people that gloat over this stuff. They call it soul winning, but they they love to gloat on it. Let Let me explain. You'll see this on the screen. Most of us have soul winning backwards. We set our minds to witnessing to someone and it just turns out into an argument about the Godhead or holiness. And you all know what I'm talking about. I've heard more people say, man, I witnessed, and they'll name some denomination. I'm, I, I witnessed to a blah, blah, blah guy today of some denomination. And man, I told him how it was when it came to Jesus' name, baptism, and there's one God. That ain't soul winning. You're winning a debate. I've taught it for years. Just tell people what Jesus has done for you. And what he's done for me, he can do for you. That's the best soul winning tool you've got because nobody can argue with a testimony. No, they can So this is what Paul is basically saying to the church at Rome. In verse 18, he says not to speak of anything except Christ. He's teaching this go here and show these people how brilliant you are in the Bible just talk about Jesus and what he has accomplished through you in verse 19 he says that all he did was preach the gospel, why? because he had already told the Romans in chapter 1 that the gospel was the power of God and salvation, he used this same theme when writing to the church at Corinth, he said that he was determined not to know anything among them except Jesus Christ and him crucified not how many gods there are on the Godhead but that supreme act of sacrifice, the love of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God. So the Corinthians would build their faith on Christ and not Paul or his knowledge. We need to be ready to tell others what Jesus has done for us and how he has changed our lives for the better. Had some conversation with someone about that not long ago. If we're not in the habit of doing this, I would suggest you write down your testimony and practice it until God opens the door, and I've taught this before many times over the past several years. It will help you to stay focused on the lost, which is our first calling. Focus number two is fellowship. I spent a little more time on point number one than I, than I had planned. Um, I would suggest you go home and read Romans 15:22 through 29 the second thing that's important for us to understand the meaning of is fellowship. What is fellowship? First I talked to you about the loss, now I'll talk to you about fellowship. Is it coming to church? Is it gathering in the fellowship hall? People have said in times past you might be a Pentecostal if the word fellowship makes you think of a restaurant. I'll be the first one to be honest here tonight. I think it's a good place for fellowship. There's a lot of things I've accomplished in a restaurant. Eating is pretty close to the top of the list. I've done a lot of great friendships and uh, been manifested restaurant and so on. Somebody else said one time, "How in the world?" the early church in the book of Acts fellowship without coffee and donuts there are several words that relate to fellowship there are several words that relate to fellowship number one is communion sharing participation giving but what is fellowship fellowship simply means the common participation in something either by giving what you have to the other person or receiving what he or she has. That's fellowship, where you give and they receive it, or they give to you and you receive it. So fellowship is more than just coming to church. It's part of it, but it's more to it than that. It, it means sharing, it means participating, it means communing with believers outside of the church setting outside the church campus setting so let's look at it practically tonight Paul gave us two examples of how fellowship was accomplished in Romans 15 26 through 27 if you can read that later number one is sharing spiritual things Paul is talking about the gospel the church had begun at Pentecost with a group of Jews in Jerusalem now the church would become witnesses to the world Judea Samaria to the uttermost in other words part of fellowship with God and his body is sharing the gospel with those who don't know it so even fellowship even has a content of soul winning behind it and again our style and methods of soul winning has to be where you share something to someone share something with someone that's lost in a way that they can receive it not repel it We also, in times of fellowship, share physical things. The New Testament church had very loosely, uh, held very loosely to their possessions. You all know the story. In Acts chapter 2, they had all things in common, the Bible said. That doesn't mean they just took their possessions and put it in a big pot, but rather the early church practiced fellowship by willing to share what they had with others in order to bring glory to God. Grace Church does that. They did not consider themselves the owners of anything, but rather stewards of what God had given them. That was the posture they had. So when we speak of fellowship, we're really speaking of sharing and participating in things we hold in common, our spiritual blessing and our physical blessing. So if you look closely at what Paul said, it's really doing what he's, what he's saying is, is what was done in the book of Romans. I believe he's dealing with some very specific problems in the Roman church. One being a problem with unity and fellowship. The bulk of chapters 12 through 16 have one main theme, and that's fellowship and unity. Even when he closes the book, he warns the Romans to be careful of those who would seek to destroy the fellowship and the unity of the church. In Romans 16, 17, he said, Now beseech you, brethren... Mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned and avoid them. He taught that. You can't have somebody come and break up the unity and the fellowship of the church. It it, it can't happen. The major purpose uh, then of writing The book of Romans is to try to preserve the fellowship and the unity of the church. And he went on to say in verse 25, Now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began. Folks, you've been revealed something here that is beyond any earthly value. This is eternal and kingdom value here. You do everything you must to protect it. been a very rare occasion that I've dismissed people from this church, but I have done it. When they've come in and uh, the straw that broke the camel's back in this one situation for me is when people this person started inviting people to go to his house on Wednesday night because his teaching of the word of God was more relevant and more important and priority than what pastor was teaching and I asked him not to come back We have to do whatever it takes to protect the unity and the fellowship of the church and everybody say "Man, it's not a giant clique not saying that it's not an occult not saying that but there's a unity and fellowship that's built here on the revelation of Jesus Christ and it's important that we maintain that so he said to avoid these people don't fellowship with them when they do that it's rare but it does happen the gospel is the center of it all The gospel is the center of everything we do here at this church. And if we get off center, we will lose our identity as a church. We will get off center, then we lose the beauty of fellowship, and the church will be in chaos, and I've seen it happen. We do not rally around a person. We do not rally around a place or a philosophy. We rally around the gospel. Amen. And if if anything else, if it is anything else, the end result will be a church that is self-centered and not in unity. And I'm not interested in pastoring that kind of church. Our third focus tonight, and I'll, I'll be finished on this point, in Romans 15, verse 30, Now I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake, for the love of the Spirit, that you strive together with me in your prayers to God for me, that I may be delivered from them do not believe in judea and that my service which i have for jerusalem may be accepted of the saints that i may come to you with joy by the will of god and may you be refreshed now the god of peace be with you all amen our third focus we've talked about the laws we've talked about fellowship our third focus here at grace church is prayer prayer is a reflection of our relationship with god I, i can't express to you folks much I appreciate it as pastor when we have our our Tuesday night prayer when this when, when there's a crowd is, is good or sometimes even better than this one that shows up for prayer and that's all we do we don't preach we don't sit around and drink coffee and tell jokes and then call it prayer and whatever else I had a pastor tell me one time that was not a Pentecostal he said um, we have uh, prayer breakfast every week at the church but we never pray <laughs> We sit around and drink coffee and eat donuts, that was his words. We don't do that here. If it's prayer meeting, we're going to pray. Prayer is a reflection. Prayer is a reflection of our relationship with God and relationships do not survive without communication. So how do you define prayer? A little girl was visiting a church for the first time and she noticed that at one point in the service everyone got quiet and bowed their heads. She looked at her mom and asked, what is everybody doing? And her mother replied said they're praying and the little girl responded abruptly and said without their pajamas on Um, to her prayer was only something you did at bedtime for others prayer would be defined as something you do around the table at mealtime to others it's simply some laundry list of needs that take place to God every day Um, have you ever tried to pray without asking God for something, it's really not all that easy, but prayer is really a time of refocusing on what is important to the kingdom. In prayer we receive forgiveness of our sins, direction for our day, ultimately it helps us to put the busy, hectic, chaotic world into perspective. So in conclusion tonight, Jesus Christ is the focus of all that we do. When we focus on the lost, we're really focusing on Jesus by telling them about Him. When we focus on fellowship, we're really focusing on Jesus because we are ministering to His people. When we focus on prayer, we're really focusing on Jesus because we're in communication with Him. At the end of it all, it's Jesus. So as we focus on the lost and fellowship and prayer, we're declaring that we have a focus on the future. Reaching the lost ensures the future of this congregation. Fellowship with each other ensures that disciples are made to do the work of the church and prayer is a glue that holds it all together for our future. You're going to continue to hear from this pulpit as long as God helps me. I don't know what these guys will do and say that's between them and God, but you're gonna hear a lot about our young people. I lived in a culture once where the church got the adult people kind of got put out the older people kind of got put out because well you know pastor don't ever preach about us they don't never talk about us well if you want to go back to 14 again we will (laughs) but we're here tonight to make sure that these folks have a future in the Lord Jesus Christ we're here to make sure they know how to pray they know how to worship they know who Jesus is they know what the Word of God is we're here to do our best to ensure that and I want to tell you tonight with all of my heart where I'm so supremely thankful for our 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 students tonight is because we have moms and dads that are behind them that are behind this pulpit and they're going rah 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 pastor preach pastor preach pastor preach I don't feel that generation gap here we have grandparents that are saying had lunch with a grandmother just this week that's that's behind it 100%, preach, pastor, preach, pastor, preach, pastor, preach, pastor. Um, There's a unity here that we're all moving in the same direction and everybody understands it. But do you agree, those of you that sat behind the first two rows, that when you see them blessed, you got to admit that it kind of blesses me a little bit too and it kind of wants to draw me down here a little bit closer and If I put my hand on um, Braylon and he runs the aisle, I can take a little bit of credit. He did that because I prayed for him or whatever. You can take it however you want it. But we have to maintain our unity. We have to maintain our focus. We We have to understand tonight that lost is still our responsibility. We're all priests. We still have to maintain fellowship. We still have to maintain our prayer life. That's what I intend to do. That's the next step. Let's continue on, folks. What do you say? I want to tell all y'all right now, this was a wonderful Bible study. Give the pastor some appreciation tonight. This was a good one. Oh, glory. I feel good here tonight in the Holy Ghost. God's been good, and I'm thankful for all that he's done. Thank the Lord. God bless you tonight. You're dismissed. We'll see you Sunday morning, and come expecting to take home a cold drink with you. Amen. Y'all got more responsive over that than you did the Bible study. Thank the Lord. God bless you tonight.